maybe pyramid building will come back in America. I, I, I'm predicting this. I think we have a great desire for immortality, all of us. And uh, a lot of people have tried everything. They've tried cockamamie, different types of religions. Other guys have tried exercise. Some have tried uh, eating a fried rice diet. Others have tried to go exclusively on the carrot juice diet. And uh, nothing seems to help. Other guys have tried to write bad books. Uh, others have done, you know, almost anything to try to ensure yourself. Other guys have had themselves frozen into blocks of ice. Have you ever been frozen into a block of ice? I have. You're talking to a guy that was frozen into a block of ice. Now, now, uh, do you want to hear the story? You do. Do you really want to hear that story? I don't think I've ever told it on the air that I remember. I did tell it. No, no, I don't think so. It's one of those deeply held uh, shepherd secrets, which I don't think, you know, there's a lot of stuff. Well, all right, I'll tell you how shepherd come to be frozen into a block of ice. And I genuinely was frozen into a block of ice. Not every man can say that. And I also learned the truth about animals one time uh, during the same period in my life when I stood in the center ring of a circus with a microphone and uh, inside the center ring, I'm talking about the big cage in the middle and this lion tamer, his name was Clyde. That's a terrible name for lion tamer, isn't it, Clyde? Clyde had this chair and uh, he was shooting blanks off in the, in the air. And uh, there was only Clyde and his little chair and his blanks between me and about seven tigers uh, and including one tiger that got very very angry and in fact he got angry because we hadn't anticipated what he would get angry about and it later showed up in a book that Clyde wrote did you know that Clyde Beatty wrote a book and I, I you know I didn't even know that I was in mortal danger at the time I, I just wonder how many of us in our daily walking around lives are in incredible danger and we don't even know it you know, some cuckoo bird sitting up on the 23rd floor playing around with a 3006. And he's just looking down there through the crosshair sights, and he's got it right on the top of your TAM, you know, <laughs> or your beret. <laughs> he's just, you know, squeezing off practice shots. You don't know it. You walk along fat, dumb, and happy, you know. Uh, oh, I've seen some fantastic ones. Like like just today, I'm walking along 6th Avenue, see, and I, uh, actually 7th Avenue, I'm walking along. And the, uh, the light is there, you know, the light says red. And this, uh, this dumb chick walks across. Now, I'm not, uh, that's not an anti, uh, I agree that, uh, that that's a terrible thing to say in the day of women's lib. But I, uh, I must also say, had it been a man, I would have seen this dumb cluck uh, walking out there. So it's no, it's no comment on women. She was just dumb. She walked out just without even looking. It was red. The light was absolutely red. Big side flash and says, don't walk. This, this, uh, this lady... Uh, this Miz walked out, and and uh, she's just walked right up and looked to left to right, and all of a sudden, whoa, past her. Oh my! This guy's eyeballs are bugging out. This, you know, you you know how some maniacal cab drivers can be. Well, this guy had come through this light. He was supposed to be on about seventy-five. Now he was wrong. Sure, he shouldn't have been doing that. But she came within, I would say, the paint thickness. On a 1972 Dodge Dart cab, with of joining her, and uh, this is a come up right now to an old dump thing, who not only uh, has been at dumps but has been a student of dumps, 
and uh, some of uh, my early life's experiences were gained in dumps. And I, I can remember that there was another kid who introduced me to the magical, wonderful world of the dump. Now, there is not a kid alive whose, whose blood does not chorus a little faster when you just simply say that word, the dumps. <laughs> now, <laughs> and grown up still. I mean, uh, we, we, we are born scavengers. Man is a scavenger animal. He, he's like the jackdaw. This is called the jackdaw syndrome. You know what the jackdaw is? Well, a jackdaw is not a carpenter's tool uh, that is used to hoist houses up or, or uh, cut down blocks. A jackdaw is a bird. Now, this particular type of bird spends most of his time flying around looking for little shiny objects. Uh, anything that looks kind of groovy, he flies down and picks it up, and he, he doesn't need it. I mean, he, there's no question about it. Let's face it, uh, uh, a jackdaw has very little use, say, for uh, a socket wrench. But if he sees a socket wrench, he'll grab it. Now, most of you have very little use for the stuff you've got. Well, you pretend you do, but you get... <laughs> it's very hard to admit that that four and a half tons of junk that you have accrued in your lifetime is of any conceivable use for it, you know, your life. But you say, oh, no, I kind of like that. I, I, uh, I, I, you never know when you might need uh, uh, a water-driven, hand-operated uh, blade for balsa wood. You never know. I mean, I, I you know, I remember, uh, let's see, it was, I was, uh, let's see, it was 1957, I remember, once I needed one. And I didn't have it. And I'm never going to be without a hand-driven, water-operated lathe, for, for, you know, ever again. You never know when you may have to uh, weld something. So you have this whole big welding set down in the basement, which was given to you for Christmas once. And uh, you just never, you know, you just never get rid of that stuff, because the jackdaw principle is at work. No jackdaw has ever been known to look around his nest and say, What the hell, Myrtle? Ah! Myrtle? Ah! ah! What? in the world are we going to do with a can opener, huh? Wah! We don't open no cans here. Wah! Wah! I'm going to take it back and return it. Wah! No way. Being Jack, though, he cannot see the sense of returning. He can only see the sense of getting. There's the true Jack, though. So as a kid, this, there was a kid in my class. <laughs> you know, there, there's all different kinds of people that you grow up with. And I am of the opinion that... Uh, that at about the age of seven, we are what we're going to be the rest of our lives. And it infuriates us. We spend the rest of our lives trying to be something else. We can't figure out why the hell we can't change. So thousands of books are printed on the premise that you can change. Seven golden keys to becoming a dynamic, flat, uh, mean-looking, successful man. And you'll buy it. No way. Let's put it this way, a schlump is a schlump, and will always be. That's a terrible realization, isn't it, Bill? It goes against all the grain that, that we're brought up to. The Horatio Alger concept that you can be anything you set your mind to be. No way. No way. And I think that's one of the reasons why there are so many psychiatrists working night and day. <laughs> trying to <laughs> trying to put, put put bring the two together, you know, the the the, the, the dream of uh, of uh, this girl to become somehow magically overnight uh, uh, Faye Dunaway, and she ain't. She's going to be Esther Jane Alberry no matter what she does.
so she winds up laying on a couch yelling and hollering and the guy's pouring water on her head uh, you know trying to get her head in 50 bucks an hour and she comes back the next week and more water is poured on her head more screaming and yelling and uh, it goes on and on so I, I i'm sitting there in class one day this was about in uh, i'd say roughly uh well i tell you exactly it was miss robinette's class which would make it fifth grade and i'm sitting there and there's this kid uh, that I had gotten to vaguely know. You know that in your life, when you were, especially when you were a kid, you would know somebody for a while and you'd become his friend for, oh, maybe about six months. Very strong friends. And then, gone. You just drift apart, you don't, you have no more in common with them. You know this scene, don't you? Right? So, I was going through my George Doppler period. For some reason or other, Doppler became a very good friend of mine. And the Doppler was kind of a, kind of a seedy looking kid uh, he, uh, he had sandy hair bad skin but every night after school Doppler would take off like a bird I mean all the rest of us we walked on and we'd casually walk along the alleys and kicking cans and throwing balls around Doppler would take off well he never really included me until one day I said where are you going Doppler he says oh, I'm in a hurry I said where are you going he said, I'm in a hurry I said, so you're in a hurry, where are you going? He said, well, okay, come on, I don't have time to mess with you. So I went with Doppler, and where did I go? Two miles out of town at the dump. Why was he in a hurry? Because every day at 4 o'clock, 74 dump trucks would arrive and dump all this new fresh garbage out at the dumps, and he wanted to be on hand to be one of the first pickers. You didn't know that there's a whole schedule out there. It isn't a casual thing one does. Uh, one one learns the protocol. And and I suddenly became part of this group of human jackdaws. Now, these weren't poor people or anything. So don't think that guys are out of the dump because they're poor. No, it's a terrible urge to look at stuff that other people have thrown out. Because you see this great stuff. You wouldn't believe the stuff you find in dumps. I mean, it's incredible. Well, the first day I'm there, you know, I'm looking around, and at first it kind of repels you. There's, a, there's an overpowering smell to begin with. It is, it's the universal dump smell. It doesn't smell like anything else except the dump. There is no other smell that's like the smell of a dump. And you cannot separate that smell from any other kind of smell. You can't say, well, it smells like rotten potatoes. No. It smells like uh, coffee grounds. Uh, it, it smells like rust. It smells like... Uh, old dirt no it doesn't it smells like that dump the dump has a smell no matter where you go you can go to maine you can go to california you can go to tokyo you can go to kuwait and you go in the dump it smells like the dump that's right and i have i, I have absolute evidence to prove this i was in the city dump of bombay um you know when i travel i like to visit uh, important world-renowned dumps and uh, yes, it's uh, just like anybody else. So, you know, you visit the local monuments. So I was, uh, I, I was privileged to see the dump of the city of Bombay, and it's a fantastic dump. And it smells just like the dump just outside of uh, Indiana Harbor, Indiana, and it smells like the dump outside of Waterville, Maine. It is the dump smell, universal smell. Well, I'm messing around with Doppler, see. And it's a secret thing. People who are dump fans never, never talk about it. It's one of those things, you know, like like being a secret rubber band collector you don't discuss your rubber band collection with people you just collect rubber bands and keep it to yourself well, 
Stopper and I took to going out every day after school. I didn't tell my mother where I was going at the dump every night, you know. But about the third or fourth night after I had begun to become a, a truly dedicated dump explorer, it's an ex it, it, it truly is an exploration experience. It's a feeling of of continual expectation. It's like fishing. I mean, you don't know what you're going to catch. It's a, the, 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 that, that vague sense of an appending event. And then one day, about the fourth day into my dump experience, I found something which made me forever a confirmed dump cuckoo. And before we go any further, I'm going to lay a goodie on you here. We have a note here. Let's see. Where is it? Yes, here it is. It's about that. Yes. The following 30 seconds is a commercial for the Broadway comedy hit Scapino. And it says it's hilarious, wild, funny, triumphant, that's slapstick, phenomenal, outrageous, and nothing else. Shucks, it's too late. Time ran out. Oh, you want to know what I found? Well, I found, for one thing, that the smell of the dump pursues you. We're sitting at supper about the fourth night after I had become a dump explorer. The old man is sitting there, and he says, hey, what's that funny smell? My brother says, I don't know. I said, I've been noticing that myself. My kid brother looked up from his meatloaf, sniffed the air. Of course, he was a carnivorous animal. Sniffed the air. And I sat there. I didn't know. I had assimilated into my very being the smell of the dump. One does not erase it either. But I'll tell you what I found. I'm curious what I found. All right. I was digging around with Doppler. And I came across a box, just a wooden box. I hauled the wooden box out, and Dopper says, gee, it looks great. I opened it up, and in the box, in velvet, it was packed in velvet, was a pistol. Good God! It was a pistol in velvet, in a wooden box! A double jackpot. Doppler looked at me and said, my God, it's fantastic. I said, I've been looking for something like that all my life. I took this thing back and hid it under my bed. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you a little bit about that later, though. That was an awful thing that happened with that, that gun. In the, in the, I didn't know anything about calibers, but it was a gun and had pearl handles, by the way. So I'll tell you, there's stuff in the dumps, man, that you wouldn't believe. Would not believe. This is WOR New York. Stay tuned for In Conversation. Mobile Oil Corporation presents In Conversation, a series of discussions meant to enlighten and involve you, the listener. Tonight, our hostess is the star of stage, screen, and television, Celeste Holmes. It's my enormous pleasure today to introduce two friends of mine who are filled with such talent and such exuberance, who are an ad for partnership, both in public and in private, Alex Cohen and Hilly Park. You know, one of my favorite people in the world is, of course, George Bernard Shaw, 
who said that the, fa- the theater can be a factory of thought, a prompter of conscience, and an elucidator of social conduct, an armory against despair and dullness, and a temple to the ascended man.